0: Get at second Corinthians. Let's get the word of God. Amen. To be working in our lives, the sword of the spirit. Amen. The sword of the spirit. Do you have it with you? Do you have the sword with you? Do you have the sword with you? Amen. Hallelujah. Use it. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 22. And I want to highlight this. The earnest of the spirit. Where's that? In our hearts the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. Now, I encourage you to take notes when you are listening to the word of God. That's what I did when I first got born again. And I find out that taking notes had done so much good to me. Amen. The Bible talks about writing upon the tablets of your heart. And when you take notes, you're actually putting the word of God on the tablet of your heart. So 2 Corinthians one twenty-two, the earnest of the Spirit, where is that in our hearts? Now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5. Can I tell you? Can I ask you what's the number three? Number three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the Trinity number. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5. God who also have given us what? The earnest. Of the Spirit. hike like that. God who has given us what? Come on, answer me church. The earnest of the Spirit. Now go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14. Now for those of you who don't know, the devil is very real. Demons are real. And if you allow them, they will get rid of your property. They will get rid of your money. They will get rid of your life for you. Devils are very real. And they will get rid of your family, get rid of your friends for you. Even get rid of your brain for you and your health. So we need to come against them by the sword of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And who is the one wielding the sword? The Holy Ghost. Can't fight without the Holy Spirit. He's our commander. So if you look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, can you find the same word? which is the earnest of our inheritance. The earnest of our inheritance. So we've had three scriptures with the word earnest. Now, if you look at the Webster Dictionary, the Webster Dictionary explanation of the word earnest, it means passionate, wholehearted, ardent in the pursuit of an object, eager to obtain the result. Eager to attain the goal. Eager to attain the purpose. It also means having a longing desire. It means that the person is warmly engaged. So if I want to get into divine healing, I need to be earnest about the word of God on healing. If I want to get into divine provision, I need to be earnest to get into the word of God on divine provision. If I'm... Honest and sincere to want to be a good Christian. Then I need to be earnest to get into the word of God. About what a Christian is. And what a Christian is like. And that's the attitude that God wants his sings to have. How many sings do we have here? Lift up your hands. You are a saint. You need to know that. Lift up your hands once again. All the sings of God. Lift up your hands. If you, if you are in doubt... The devil will attack you. Because demons can't attack saints, but he can attack sinners. So one more time, how many of us are saints? Lift up your hands. Let the devil see that you are saints, and he can't touch you, and he won't dare to. So every natural success, how many of us know that in the world, every natural success does not come flippantly? accidentally or casually. And this is where a lot of Christians make mistakes. They think that we are Christians now, so whatever God wants to give me, he'll give me. Whatever he doesn't want to, he won't. That's a lie from the devil. God does not dictate your life. He works with you. According to your understanding. According to your earnestness. Your devotion. So you need to be fully convinced that it's the will of God to provide for you. You need to be fully convinced that it's not the will of God for you to be poor, to be broke. Then you will get into the spirit of provision, the spirit of prosperity. We must never take anything flippantly, accidentally, casually, get rid of that case or our attitude that the devil sings about. It's not a church song. It's not a song that you should sing. So if even natural success does not come by flippantly, how much more spiritual success? If you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, God is a planner. So are we. God pursues us. Intentionally, so intentional that he planned the giving of Jesus even from the foundation of the earth. So, are we intentional in our pursuit of God? Are we intentional in our study of the Word of God? Are we intentional to know Him, to understand God's way? The Bible says the Israelites see the Israelites, they saw the acts, the miracles. But Moses knew the way. Don't just go from miracle to miracle. You need to know how to activate miracles in your life. Can we say amen? We are to pursue him purposefully too. If you look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. I'll just read it to you. We are told to give earnest heed to the knowledge of God. Not by the way. I know that there are many Christians who lift up their work, their vocation, where they get their pay from, above the ministry. You, every one of us, has a ministry. Not only does the pastor have a ministry, not only does the evangelist have a ministry, you have a ministry too. You need to minister to the Lord and allow the Lord to minister to you. The first calling for me is not a pastor the first calling for me is a Christian Being a Christian is your first calling So we need to do that intentionally we need to do that with planning So giving earnest heed to the knowledge of God and then Philippians chapter 1 verse 20 having earnest expectation and hope I expect miracles I expect miracles. You know, I've looked at the different Christians that are very, very successful in their pursuit of God. Or the evangelists, teachers, you know. They are very, very successful like all Roberts, Catherine Kuhlman, Smith Wigglesworth. They were not successful before they got born again. They were not successful before they got touched by the Holy Spirit. But every one of us got born again. Every one of us got touched by the Holy Spirit. What's the difference? They were earnest. They were earnest. They put God first above their jobs, above their interests. They put God first. There is no such, to, there's no such thing called part-time Christians. I'm not a part-time Christian. I'm a full-time Christian. Everything else that I do is part-time. That's the key to success in your life. That's the key to success in your life. So what, we, what do we mean by the earnest of the Spirit? The earnest of the Spirit is given to things as a pledge As an assurance of our future enjoyment of God's presence and God's gifts and blessings in our life. Of God's favor upon us. How many of you have heard of the word first fruits? First fruits, first fruits, it's a promise of more to come. Your first harvest It's the promise that there are more harvests coming your way. Can we say amen? Your first success is an earnest of future success. Do you hear me? Your first success is an earnest, a down payment, a pledge, a guarantee, a foretaste of future success. That's why your testimonies are so, so important. Have a book and journal your testimonies. Observe your successes from the Holy Spirit in your life. Look at your testimonies. Observe the pattern and continue to develop that pathway with God. Don't be flippant. Observe and study how the Holy Spirit works so you can work with him. Don't ever think that your life. Is a random order. You never know. You never know when you get sick. Excuse me. I don't talk that way. You never know. You never know when accidents will come. No. I don't talk like that. The steps of a righteous man. Are. Ordered of the Lord. I've lived by that and I've experienced that. That is so true. That is so so true. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14. Ephesians 1:14, the amplified Bible. Ephesians 1:14. We don't live by luck. Luck is the name of Lucifer. Luck is the devil's name. Lucifer means luck. We don't live by luck. We live by the divine orchestration of events. And how many of you know that in the divine orchestration of events, there are no accidents? There is no sickness. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14, the Amplified Bible. That spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. How do I know that I have the inheritance? I have the Holy Spirit. That's how I know. And I want you to look at the word inheritance, and I want to highlight the word foretaste. Can you find the word foretaste in there, in the Amplified Version? Come on, highlight the word foretaste. What does it mean? Foretaste. That means I taste it first. I taste it first. It's so good. And more and more is to come. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you cook? How many of you cook? And when you cook, what do you do? You taste it and see if it's nice, right? You taste it. And if it's nice, you know the recipe is good. And what's the next thing you will do? You use it again and you will cook it again. That's the word for taste. And I want you to look at Psalm 34 verse 8. Psalm 34 verse 8. Now, What does God want us to do? Well, a lot of times we say, well, God wants me to pray. God wants me to study his Bible. God wants me to serve him. Yes, God wants me to witness. Look at this. God wants us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Because I need to tell people about the good news. So God wants us to taste, to experience, to taste it. That means it's real. It's experiential. The Bible is not philosophical. The Bible is not philosophical. The Bible is practical. It's real. It's experiential knowledge. You don't just study healing. You don't just sing about healing. You don't just pray about healing. You live it. The other day, the Holy Spirit gave me this revelation. He said to me, live your prayers. Live your prayers. Don't just pray. Live them out. When you pray, remember what you've prayed and live them out. Can we say amen? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed. You know the word blessed in the Amplified Bible? is envied. You become so blessed, the people envy you. What happened to her? Why is she so blessed? What happened to him? Why is he so blessed? The Philistines envied the Jews, the Israelites, because they were so blessed. That's how blessed God wants us to be. Everything that you do, what? Prospers. Everything that you do. Prospers. You do your part, God will do his part. You tithe, God will bless you. You give your offering, God will multiply your giving. You obey, he will bless your obedience. You study the word, he will give you his rhema word. You pray for others, God will bless you. A Christian life is a life of continual, multiplied, sowing, and reaping. God wants to bless you, but I can't find any seeds. Where are the seeds? I can't bless without any seeds in my hands. There's a Godward part, there's a manward part. So, the life of a spirit filled, spirit led Christian. How many spirit filled and spirit led Christians do we have here? Come on, lift up your hands. Amen. Glory be to God. The life of a spirit-filled, spirit-led Christian is so, so good that others start to envy you. That's why God is not into the welfare mentality. He does not want you to live in a welfare state because if everything is rationed and given to you, you don't have to believe God for anything. And without faith, it is... Impossible to please him. The Spirit, amen, the Holy Ghost. Well, they want, he's so blessed. She is so blessed. I want what they have. Well, they think they want what you have. But actually, it's not the material possessions that you have. It's the Holy Spirit that you have. How many of you know that if in one day you can catch a lot of fish and you can freeze them and you can put them in your freezer, but how many days can they last? But when you know how to fish, you can go fishing any time. You can go fishing anytime. When you have the Holy Spirit, you can get your blessing anytime. You can get your healing anytime. You can get your provision anytime. You get into God's holiness anytime. You get into the Holy Ghost union, communion, prosperity anytime, all the time. You can get sleep very well even without any medication because the one who gives you sleep lives on the inside of you. Amen. So they think they want what you have, but the fact is they want whom you have, the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who tells you to love his church to walk in the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who tells you to pray, even if just one word, two words. It's the Holy Spirit who tells you to study the Word, to believe, to trust, to practice the Word. Why? Because your life is a foretaste of what is to come. My present life on the earth is a foretaste of what is to come in heaven. I fully believe, I'm fully convinced that where I am now will be where I am in heaven. How many of you know that? How much Bible you know will be how much you know in heaven. How much love you know now will be how much love you know in heaven. How much God you know now will be how much God you know in heaven. And from heaven, you continue to grow from where you were on the earth. Otherwise, every sinner would be able to go to heaven. You can't go to heaven without salvation. Salvation is where you start, it's not where you end. And if you don't do your work of salvation, you have a lot to catch up when you go to heaven, where you will spend eternity. So let's get busy now. Can we say amen? When we talk about the down payment, the earnest, the pledge, the guarantee, the foretaste, That must be applied or activated. That's why I'm fully convinced that it's not the will of God for you to decay, to deteriorate. That's why I don't believe in debilitating aging sickness. Because when you have made enough money and you retire from the world, you can start to serve God. Retiring is not the time I just enjoy my holidays. Retiring means I don't have a family to feed. I don't have to worry about money, which you shouldn't anyway as a Christian. Retiring means I have all the time in my life to serve the Lord. And I continue to serve him. I'll continue to serve him. I'll continue to serve him. In the twinkling of an eye, I will be in heaven, whether I die or whether I be raptured. I get better and better and better and better and better every day. Can we say amen? Come on, say it with me I get better. I get better, 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 and better every day. Glory be to God. That's why the Apostle Paul said that in the funeral, you don't cry. In the funeral, you rejoice. Why? Because he's gone to a better place. She has gone to a better place. So rejoice. Can we say amen? amen? Hallelujah. How many of you know that you're not going to hell? You're going to heaven. Lift up your hands. How many of you are fully convinced that heaven is much better than the earth? Lift up your hands. Glory be to God. So why do we have to be afraid of death? Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So don't be flippant. Observe and study how the Holy Spirit works so you can work with him. The Holy Spirit is God. Come on, say with me, the Holy Spirit is God. He is God in us, with us, and among us. How awesome is that? Don't ever forget that. God is not far up there. No, God is in you. Christ is in you. God is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. You get to talk to Him. You get to believe in Him. You get to hear Him. You get to work with Him. That's why we need to know the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the foretaste. It's the earnest. It's the down payment. Glory be to God. And you must act. Activate that. How many of us know that when we buy a house, let's say you've put your down payment. And because you, let's say, okay, you're serving the internet. Okay, you're serving, you're looking. And then you go to realestate.com.au. And you have found your property. And you like it. And you've made an appointment. You've, go, you've gone there. You've looked at your property and you liked it. And you said that I'm going to buy this property. So what do you have to do? You have to put a down payment. So as soon as you've put a down payment, that property is yours in right. Nobody can bid on it anymore. Isn't that right? Nobody can put, can bid on it anymore. That property will come up on uh, realestate.com.au, but it will have a sticker on it. It says that what? Sold. But actually it's not really sold, but you've just put a... Down payment on it. That's how powerful it is. So, what do you do? You get busy. You get busy and you start planning. You start, bu- you busy yourself with planning. You busy your work, your, yourself with activities, right? All the things that you need to do to go to the bank, all the things that you need to do to get the title deed. So, we have been given the down payment. What do we have to do? Come on, tell me. Since we have been given the down payment, who is the Holy Spirit, what do we have to do? Get busy. Say to the person next to you, get busy. One more time, get busy. Say to the person next to you, don't be lazy. Get off your bum. (laughs) So the down payment is the Holy Spirit. He is the earnest. He is the guarantee. Listen to me. That means without the Holy Spirit, there is no guarantee. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no guarantee for your answer prayers, no guarantee for your healing. No guarantee for your healing and deliverance. No guarantee for your protection. No guarantee for your provision. No guarantee for your sanctification. And no guarantee even for your salvation. And that's how a lot of Christians live. No guarantee. I may get sick like anybody else. I may get broke like anybody else. I may sin like anybody else. Why? Because you are not aware, you're not conscious of the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who is in you, which is a fact, which is reality, which is so, so precious. What do you mean, Pastor Dora? You're saying that I will lose my salvation. It's just that without the Holy Spirit, I don't even know if you're saved go to me go with me to first corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 first corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 can you read this together with me the last two lines that no man can say that jesus is lord but by the holy ghost How come I keep sinning? Because you haven't called Jesus your Lord by the Holy Ghost. Am I saved? I'm not sure if I'm saved. I've had Christians come to me and ask, how do I know that I'm saved? People that are dying, how do I know that I'm saved? The Holy Ghost. The Lordship of the Holy Spirit. The Lordship of the Holy Ghost. How can I stop sinning? When I submit to the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. Not my feelings. Not what everybody tells me. But the Lordship of the Holy Ghost. I don't sin. Not because my husband is good to me. Not because my kids are good to me. Not because people are good to me. Not because circumstances are good and favorable. I don't sin. Because Jesus is my Lord. And the Holy Ghost keeps telling me. And protecting me. With that, can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So that's why we must know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of salvation, the spirit of eternal life, the spirit of sonship, of redemption. He's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of holiness. The spirit of healing and health, the spirit of provision and prosperity, the spirit of unity and bonding in the Lord. Why is the Holy Spirit given to us? Why the Holy Spirit has been given to the church? So you get to experience God. So you get to have his manifestations in your life. So that the word will become flesh for you. The Holy Spirit is the reality of the Word of God. Amen. Now, I just want to give you some understanding about the Trinity. The Trinity is referring to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. Let me ask you: when we go to heaven, do you expect to see three gods or do you expect to see one God? One God. Jesus said that don't tell me to show you the father. You have seen me. Have seen the father. So the father is in the son. The son is in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in Jesus. Jesus is in the father. When you see the Holy Spirit, you see Jesus. When you see Jesus, you see the father. When you see the father, you see Jesus. When you see Jesus, you see the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Spirit is not a force. This is very important for us to know. The Holy Spirit gives us utterances. We call that tongues. But Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not tongues. When this Holy Spirit came and manifested himself on the day of Pentecost, you heard a mighty rushing wind. But the Holy Spirit is not the wind. You saw the cloven tongues of fire, but the Holy Spirit is not the tongue of fire. The Holy Spirit is not the duff. The Holy Spirit is not the fire nor the oil. The Holy Spirit brings power, but He is not power. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is like Jesus. He is God. So just like Jesus, we can relate to him. Just like Jesus, we can relate to the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit whom you can relate to, whom you can have fellowship with. That's why sometimes during the time of praise and worship, when you lose consciousness of yourself, you sense the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be grieved or pleased. The Holy Spirit can be rejected, ignored, belittled. You know, I've talked about sometimes when people are praying and you just walk by and you started to joke with the person next to you and this person, sometimes myself, was praying. That's dishonoring the anointing. That's now honoring the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved, can be rejected, ignored, belittled, or honored, cherished, and reverent. The Holy Spirit can be not trusted or trusted much, just like you would a dear friend the difference is that the Holy Spirit is understanding, He's patient, His kind, His long suffering, and He is forgiving. If you want to know the Holy Spirit, go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23 in the Amplified Bible. Can we have less disruption, please? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23 in the Amplified Bible. Now here we call them the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you know the tree that bears all the fruit have all the fruit? Uh, Do we know that? Can I say that again? The tree that bears all the fruit has all the fruit. So, for example, if I want to get to know you, let's say if I want to get to know Rudy, and somebody asked me about Rudy. So I would say, Rudy is very faithful. He's very dependable. He's very reliable. He's very kind. So by knowing the attributes of the person, you know the person. So how do I know the Holy Spirit? How can I get to know the Holy Spirit? So when I sing about the Holy Spirit, it's, just, it's not just two words. All the attributes come to you. So when you say, I love you, Holy Spirit, the song that we sing, I love you, Holy Spirit, you captivating my soul. So it's not just a song. The name brings all the attributes to you. So look at the attributes of the Holy Spirit and see if you would like to have a friend like that. His love. He is joy and gladness. He is peace. Peace means he's not disturbed by what's happening around him. He's not disturbed by the people around him he's steadfast he is tranquil he's trans- he is tranquil he is patient he's even tempered he's forbearing he's resilient he is tenacious kind gentle that means he's not forceful he's not bossy nor manipulative he is good. He delights in what is good. He loves what is good. He loves what is righteous, what is true. He is benevolent. That means he loves to do good. He is generous with giving. He is faithful. He is loyal. He is devoted, consecrated, committed, dependable, reliable. He is gentle, meek, humble. He is self-controlled, temperate, Continent, And the Holy Spirit has all the above qualities, the fruit of the Spirit, in full measure. And can I ask you, where is he? Where is he on the inside of you? Can I ask you to say to yourself, I am a person of unlimited potential. One more time. I am a person of unlimited potential. Amen. How many of us have read and studied Matthew chapter 5, so-called the Beatitudes? The Holy Spirit is all of that. So he's humble. He mourns over sinners. He's meek. He's righteous. He is merciful. He is pure. He is meek. He's the spirit of reconciliation. He does not gossip, complain, nor slander, nor criticize, nor put down. But he's ever encouraging, motivating. He's never into self-pity. He's the spirit of faith, the spirit of confidence, the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of dominion and victory, yet never forceful nor tyrannical. He tells us what is to come. He tells us of our future. He raised up prophets for his people. He gave them the oracles of prophecy. How many of you would like to know him more and more? Yes. The Holy Spirit is not a Bible topic. The Holy Spirit is relational. Come on, say with me, the Holy Spirit is relational. Say to the person next to you, God is relational. How many of you would like people to just come and get whatever from you? Get the anointing, get the prayers, you know, get the counseling, get whatever. You are not a friend. I don't talk to you. I don't go out with you. I don't fellowship with you. But I'll come to you when I have a need. Don't treat God like that. Don't treat God like that. I beg you. is relational. The father is the origin of love. He has an inheritance for his sons. Jesus is the gift of love. He gave us his life to qualify us to be the sons and the daughters of God so that we can lay hold of our inheritance. The Holy Spirit is the power of love. He comes to connect us with heaven, with God, to live the life that Jesus had given to us to possess our inheritance. There are two times in the Bible that talks about what God gives to us. John 3.16, we all know that scriptures. Can you recite that for me? What is in John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now let's go to John 14. So the father gave Jesus. And look at John 14, verse 16 to 17. Jesus, this is Jesus talking, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. He will give you, this word another means one who is exactly like me. One who is of the same kind, exactly like me. How many of you know that God gave you Jesus who is exactly like God? He is God. And when God gave us the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus, is exactly like God the Father. So we when, when we look at Jesus, we see the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Why? To work with us. The word comforter, if you can hide like that, is the word paracletos. Parakletos in Greek means someone who will abide with you forever. Somebody who will help you. Somebody who will depend. Somebody whom you can depend on. Somebody who will defend you. That's the comforter. Parakletos. That's the Holy Spirit. So the assignment of the Holy Spirit, like Jesus had an assignment, right? His assignment was to die for the sins of the world so that we can have eternal life when we receive Jesus. What's the assignment of the Holy spirit? The assign of the assignment of the Holy spirit is to live on the inside of a believer because God doesn't want you to become a Christian. And that doesn't have the power to be a Christian. How many of us understand that? So God has given us the Holy spirit to live on the inside of us so we can live this precious, glorious, eternal life on the earth. Can we say amen? Amen. Every one of us, you have an account in heaven. Say to the person next to you, you have an account in heaven. You know how many of us, we've heard about the clouds. This, the devil, The devil copies God is a copycat. You need to know that, okay? (laughs) We talk about the clouds. God had everything in the atmosphere, in the spirit. We need to know that earth is getting closer and closer to its end. So the things of the spirit are going to manifest in a greater and a greater measure on the earth. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, and also I'm talking about the evil spirit. Okay, so you have an account in heaven. How many of you know that your account is no good until you activate it? How many of you have ever received a credit card? Yeah, what do you need to do? Activate it. Can you draw any money if you have not activated your credit card? No. Can you draw any money from the bank if you haven't signed? No. So the same in our relationship with God. You need to activate, activate, activate what God has given you. You have an account in heaven which you need to draw from. There needs to be transfers happening all the time from heaven to earth. Transfers happening from heaven to earth through the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. Glory be to God. He's the open door for you. He's the open door for you. How can I approach the throne room of God? By the Holy Spirit. That you can come to the throne of grace and receive help. Read the book of Hebrews. Say to the person next to you, you are not helpless. One more time. You are not helpless. Take charge of your life. Get rid of that victimized mentality. Get rid of that case. They are both demonic. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. It's the foretaste to come. That means I've experienced healing. And I'll experience more. And I'll experience more. I've experienced provision. I'll experience more. And I will experience more. Why? Because it's the foretaste. The fullness is coming. The fullness is still to come. How many of you have read Ezekiel? How many of you know that at first is what? Where's the river? In Ezekiel. How deep was it to begin with? Ankle deep. And then what happened? Did it stay like that? Did it stay like that? So why do we stay like that? How come we dare not to expect things from God? Why are we so stagnant? It didn't stay like that. The river started to rise. And then from the ankle to the knees. And then from the knees to the loins. And then from the loins to covering your head and carrying you all the way. The Bible is like that. If you open the Bible, how many books there are in your Bible? Tell me. 66. What is the number of six? The six is a man. The number of a man. The Bible is written for us. In double portion. Double portion. Amen. Elijah and Elijah. double portion. So you have the Old Testament. And then from the Old Testament takes you to the Gospels. When Jesus lived on the earth, walked in our midst, healing the sick, raising the dead. And then that's Jesus around us. The Old Testament was God speaking to us. Talking to us, talking to us. Jesus is God walking in our midst, walking around us. And then we have the book of Acts and we have the epistles. Is God living on the inside of us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Say to the person next to you, my life is getting better and better. Hallelujah. Revelation. If I have, when I have the revelation of healing, I experience healing. And when I have experienced healing, I have the certainty of healing. So the three powerful words, revelation, experience, certainty. Say with me, revelation, experience, certainty. One more time, revelation, experience, certainty. Say to the person next to you, revelation, experience, certainty. So important. Praise the Lord. What is that? That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in you. So how do I work with the Holy Spirit? How do I work with my paracletos? One who has been assigned to me personally. So that I can take charge of my life. That I'm not a victim anymore. Can we say amen? How many of you know that Paul, he was so in charge of his life. He said, I can depart to be with the Lord if I want. But I choose to stay. How many of you know that? How many of you know that? You can choose. You can choose when to die. You can choose when to die. You can. It's up to you. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to take charge of our lives. Can we say amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, how do I do that if you're taking notes? Step number one. I've mentioned it again and again. I'm not blaming God for my troubles, for my sickness, even for my death. I'm not victimizing myself. I don't make God my scapegoat for the problems in my life. I refuse to allow the devil to bully me. I refuse to allow the devil to bully me. I take charge of my life with all of his circumstances and situations. Relational, health, financial, psychological issues. Come on, say to yourself, I take charge of my life with the Holy Spirit, my helper, my comforter, my standby. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Holy Spirit, your precious Holy Spirit is to show you and give you a foretaste of God, what God can do for you. He's going to show you how good, how loving, and powerful, and how magnificent God is to you. Amen. Say with me, I'm not going down. I'm going up. I'm becoming more and more holy. True. Mature. Kind. Clever. Resilient. Loving Say with me, I'm growing In virtues And in glory Hallelujah Because who is in you? Who is in you? The Holy Spirit Amen Have you been given the down payment? Have you been given the down payment? Yes So number two How do I get to know the Holy Spirit And work with Him Get into the Word Get into the Word. I remember when I was a Catholic, I read my Bible, but not much. We did have Bible study, but not much. But as soon as I got born again, wow, my spiritual appetite increased to 200%. How many of you know that a person who is dying, how do you know that he or she is dying? They lose their appetite. Your spiritual appetite You're craving for God. You're craving for his presence. You're craving for revelation, for rhema word. Glory be to God. Get to the word. The more you know the word, the better acquainted you are with the Holy Spirit. He makes the word real to you and personal to you. He's the voice of the rhema word. He's the voice of the revelations. How many of you know that I can put a word to you but without the voice? The voice doesn't mean much. How many of you know that it can be the same scripture, but it's so different when somebody else is read it? It's the voice. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember when we were in Bangkok, the Holy Spirit, when I was reading my Bible after I got born again, the Holy Spirit said, you are leaving. Like whom? Like Abraham. Wow. Like Abraham. Wow. And guess what? I sold my house. How did I sell my house? Honestly, my child, Dylan, when he was a baby, a toddler, he was so active. He ruined everything. You know, my kitchen door had dents on it and different things were like broken, you know, with a child living in the house and with his bike. So when I was selling the house, honey, when we were selling the house, I I had a buyer who came to us, who came to us. And all that he was looking at was my marble table. He wasn't even looking at the house. He was, he was looking at the marble table, and he said, I'm buying your house. That's it. And some of you are worried about your rest of me. You don't have to worry about your rest of me. It's the favor of God upon you. It's the favor of God upon you. The favor of God upon you. The door that he has opened, no one can shut. Lift up your hands and say with me, divine favor. Divine favor, just like Esther. Every character in the Bible is written for you and for me. Study the character and be like that character. Can we say amen? Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. It's not that Moses was born intrinsically good. No, he was a sinner, just like you and I were before we got born again. It's the anointing. Just like Samson, the anointing, the calling and the anointing. Say to the person next to you, the calling and the anointing. Praise God. Number three, get intentional. Intentionally, continually acknowledge, honor, and exalt the Holy Spirit in your life. Develop your sensitivity to his presence, to his voice, and his move. Listen to him. Be sensitive to him. I'm very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes you don't understand why. It's because the Holy Spirit has been telling me something. When I wasted my time, I said, Holy Spirit, did I miss you? Because you would never cause me to waste my time. Amen. I believe without a doubt that my steps are ordered of the Lord. Would you believe that? Our steps are ordered of the Lord. No natural coincidences, no accidents. Our steps are ordered of the Lord. He directs our steps. He directs our steps. Can we say amen? Amen. Say to the person next to you, he directs your steps. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Signs, wonders, and miracles will become normal to your life. I remember I had a Bible that I cherished very much. It was the first Bible that I got here when I came from Bangkok to Australia. I bought it at a sale price, and I had been using it, highlighting it. And I remember I put that Bible on the top of my car when I was about to leave. So I drove off. And without knowing it, the Bible was on my car, at the top of my car. So I drove off and the Bible dropped off somewhere. I had no idea where. And then when I got home looking for my Bible, it was gone. And I said, Lord, I love my Bible. You know, this is very personal to you, to me. It's very precious to me. And somebody rang me, gave me a call because he found my name on my Bible. And then he told me, you know, he was driving down Mackenzie, And uh, when you come to visit me to Mackenzie, you know, you drive down and there's a roundabout. And then he said when he was driving down, approaching the roundabout, he saw a Bible. I mean, how many of you would be driving and, and seeing a Bible, right? A lot of times we don't look at the details. He saw this Bible and he stopped and he picked it up and he opened it. And he said, wow, this Bible is highlighted everywhere. Must be very important to the person, very precious to the person. And then he tried to find, because I didn't write my phone number down. But then he found me, and he called me and returned the Bible to me. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? I want you to know, God knows the number of hair you have on your head, even for those who have no hair you still have the fine hair. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Point number four. (laughs) Listen to Him on the inside of you. Listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Sometimes it's an impression. Sometimes it's a still, small voice. And that's why Christians, we must get used to being quiet. Don't be so stimulated. I know that's the devil. The devil has a plan. You know, with the phone, with the social media, he tries to get us so stimulated. We can't put our phone down. We can't get used to being quiet. That's the devil's schemes. How many of you know that if you continue to serve online or even read things on the phone, you will find it hard to fall asleep? You should put your phone away from you and turn it off. Can we say amen? Before you sleep, go to the Lord. Go to the Lord. Go to him. Pray. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So listen to him on the inside of you. He's your counselor for your personal life. He's for the transformation of your soul, for the betterment of your life, for the possession of your inheritance. Can we say amen? Now, if you are somebody who is continually sinning, and you know and you know who you are, and you feel that you can't stop but sinning, can I tell you the problem? Can I give you the answer? Is that okay? Even those that are watching online, the problem is a lack of faith. You don't believe in salvation. You don't believe in the blood. And you don't give enough attention to God you don't give enough attention to the Holy Spirit. If you could just lift that part of you up, the devil will have to flee from you. You will be so busy, busy with God, that you have no time to entertain the devil's thoughts. When we are busy doing good, we won't have time for what's bad. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit will instruct you, and when he instructs you, the voice will cause you to want to do it. He will instruct you, guide you, inspire you, correct you. He hi- He will highlight and give you insight and prophetic knowledge. How many of us know that we don't like to be told bad? How many of you? Know that the more you try to tell me that I'm bad and correcting me that way, the more rebellious I become. Come on, be honest. Yes. The Holy Spirit will correct you at the same time giving you the desire and the ability and the power to correct yourself. How many of us have experienced that? Lift up your hands. It is. Amen. The more you yield to him, The more you want to yield to him. It's like sometimes you wonder, wow, why am I so good? (laughs) It's so true. Amen. Point number five. Ask him for comfort. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him to minister to you. Especially when you are hurting. When you are sorrowful. When you are in doubt. When you are lost. I've experienced it myself when i 'm hurting, when i 'm hurt, when I feel that nobody wants me, nobody likes me it's it's very painful on the inside, and that 's when we need to go to the holy spirit it's so, so important to know. That nobody can love you like the Holy Ghost. Nobody can understand you and accept you like the Holy Spirit. Can we say amen? He will lift you up. He will wash you. He will take that sorrows away from you. He will take that guilt and condemnation away from you. Have a secret time and a secret place with the Holy Spirit. Point number six. Pray with him in tongues. Pray with him with your scriptures. Pray with him listening to sermons, okay? When you worship and when you praise, don't just worship and praise by yourself. Worship and praise with him. Point number seven. Point number seven. Just two more points to go. Point number seven. Stay sweet. Stay gentle and humble. That's how you attract. The Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor Dora, are you telling me that I need to attract the Holy Ghost? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. I've experienced it. I've learned it for myself. You can attract him or you can grieve him away. So stay sweet, gentle, and humble. Being argumentative, prideful, legalistic, boastful, stubborn, manipulative, vindictive, victimized will drive the Holy Spirit away, not only from yourself, but also from your children, from your family, from your workplace, whereas less of self and more of God will attract the Holy Spirit. You can read this for yourself, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, the Amplified Bible. We can be uncompromising with the Holy Spirit without argumentative. The Lord will vindicate you. The truth always wins. I've had the Holy Spirit telling me that don't worry about it. They will find out for themselves what's wrong with them. And almost six months down the track, I saw it happen. Point number eight. Ask him to minister through you to people, for the people and for the Lord. Serving is the nature of God. If you find yourself not serving, you haven't got much of the Holy Spirit. When you have a lot of the Holy Spirit, you want to serve. You want to love His church. You want to build His church. Amen. Serve God in your home church. The Holy Spirit is kingdom-minded and church-minded. The Holy Spirit loves it when we work together in unity. There is a corporate anointing which you cannot find. You cannot get when you are by yourself. When there is a corporate gathering of believers, the anointing comes. The presence of God comes. Amen. The corporate gathering of people attracts the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you one more time. Do we have to attract the Holy Spirit? Yes. Number nine. Yield to him promptly. Yield to him promptly. Obey and surrender right away. Don't wait. Obey and surrender right away. How do I know that it's me or the Holy Spirit? Here's the key. Your spirit is light. Your spirit can fly away, oh glory. Your spirit can fly and soar. Your flesh is heavy and weighty. Say to the person next to you, your spirit is light. But your flesh is weighty. Remember that. When you are spiritual, you soar. When you're carnal, you fall. Say to the person next to you, when you are spiritual, you soar. When you're carnal. You fall. Do you get that? Amen. 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 So let's finish with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Can we read this together? 1, 2, 3. But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Well, the religious people say that's blasphemy. How can you be one with the Lord? It's not blasphemy. This is the word of God. Oneness. Oneness. My prize for his prize. My activation for his manifestation. My devotion for his passion. My consecration for his trust. And as you get to know the Holy Spirit, you will get to experience the prize. P-R-I-Z-E. You will get to have the manifestations. You will start to have the passion, and you will start to have his trust. The Holy Spirit will do all of the above for you. to get to know your Holy Spirit. Activate your heavenly account on the earth. Can I ask you to stand with me? Thank you, Jesus.